Oh my gosh, we'll just record us just <laughs> giving so each other cute. compliments. And you're really you're pretty. pretty. Oh my god, thank you so Your sense of style is great. So is yours. Are you rich? Are you famous? What have you been on? I don't really recognize you and neither does my mom. Can you laugh? Can you cry on command? I mean, you said you were an actor, man. Let's get back to playing in the shadows. Dude, I'm just acting like an actor. I want to um, start off with this. I saw this on your IMDb and I wanted to ask you if it was true. It said, Molly was named Best Actress in Dallas by D Magazine at 18 years old for portraying Anne Frank in The Diary of Anne Frank at Water Tower Theater. Yes. Is that true? Okay, so it says a trivia on your IMDb, so I was like, we it's should probably get the, to the bottom of, of it. No, I loved that though. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. You played Anne Frank. I played Anne Frank three times. Wow. Okay, her theater credits too, guys. Like, check out her Instagram and like scroll. Girl, you've done everything. That's all I've done. Um, I know, but who cares? <laughs> and we all know that like theater acting, I feel like you're taken more seriously if you come from theater into film. You know? I, I would hope so, but I feel like because I've done so much musical theater, I'm not taken seriously. Okay. I think had I have a had I had a lot more like straight theater credits, maybe. I've done so many musicals. And even acting classes, whatever I come into, the first thing someone thinks is that I'm gonna be a bad actor, which is fair. I, I think that's a fair a fair piece to take away from musical theater. Most people I've worked with in musical theater are also bad actors, mm. which I hate. Interesting. So I don't know. I, I wish that I got more of like a, ooh, you're a theater actor. But people are like, oh, you've done musicals. Like, yeah. but I promise I can act. I promise. Right. I think it's, um, they're just like different, different mediums, you know? So like you can do musical theater and you can do film acting, but obviously it's a different version of Molly doing both. Like very yes. different art forms. Because musical theater's like over the top a lot of the time. A lot like, of the time, um, yeah. Bigger, 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 at least when I did high school theater. That's always what it was. It's yes. like bigger, 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 bigger eyes. Yes, yeah. and I obviously can do that and I have, but I yeah. think musical theater is also kind of moving into like a new medium where we have more subdued, play with music type of shows so it there are people now that i'm seeing in musicals that i'm like you're doing a very close version to what you'd be doing on film maybe you're enunciating more but you're not performing really you're just standing there and if you're in the back of the theater like i can't really see what you're doing but i don't care because i can tell what you're doing is real yeah so i, I like that personally like as an audience member too mm -hmm. unless you're seeing a show like i don't know on the town that's supposed to be you know, jazz hands and dancey performy. But if you're watching Dear Van Hansen, like, I want to see someone just talk. Yeah, for so sure. Yeah. That's interesting um, to know that it's kind of switching. I hope so. I hope it's switching. Yeah, I know. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, okay, Molly, can you give us a little bit of your, I know we all love this, this question, but can you give us a little bit of your story and like how you got to where you are today in terms of how you fell into the performing arts and things like that? Yes. So like we, well, we didn't talk about this here, but when we walked in, you were um, outing me that I'm from Texas and not from <laughs> the East Coast, which I, I have like, oh, had a weird experience, like, um, just like personally growing up in Texas, but there was a lot of really great opportunity for performing yeah. and the theater scene out there is pretty crazy and great so I lived next door to a producer of a theater and his wife who was like my second mom was an actress and I got oh. to see her in all these shows and I got to like visit the theater and I just kind of started to 
think it was all so magical and wonderful and I mm -hmm. loved to sing not very well as a kid but I loved it and I think just eventually I auditioned for Annie at that theater and got it and it was like you know and you classic. got it I wasn't oh. Annie let's oh, okay. be clear oh sadly I was never Annie ever but I got cast in the show as like okay. one of the tiny orphans and I just had a great time and you know like the bug bit me I guess and then I just kept with it and it was just the thing that I from like nine years old till I went to college was like consistently I was in shows or mm -hmm. taking class or auditioning things like that and I just loved it so much and that led to theater as well but also I just think musical theater and then theater just led me to loving acting and led me into like a love for movies okay so I always loved movies um but there was like no way in you know I didn't have any connection into that yeah and so I never never really saw how I would do that but always wanted to yeah I think that's a lot of people a lot of people have the urge to act on film but just don't know where to start and understandably yeah um, and then the older yeah. you get the harder it feels like to break in because it's, it's like true. you either are like a nepo baby or you get into it as a kid and like those are your two avenues and if you don't do those it can feel so impossible to have any sort of way in yeah yeah that's so true i know i even think too though like even for parents i wonder because as a little girl i would tell my parents i remember telling them like i want to be an actor i want to be in film and tv but like they didn't know what to do with that either like, so it's cute. like nobody knows right yeah, i know yeah that's not your fault know. but right. yeah mm -hmm. like what do you what do you, what do, you do? do with that yeah yeah so I mean even when I was getting ready to go to college like part of me just wanted to not go and just go to LA and start yeah. acting or at least go to film school but I think there's a lot of comfort in sticking with what you know and Absolutely. I have a hard time I've had a harder time as I've grown older leaving my comfort zone and because I've done musical theater since I was nine and was so comfortable in that world I was like yeah I'm gonna go to school for this because it's safe I know where it's gonna lead right and also like I was good at it so I was like that's fair yeah. but I always wanted to challenge myself and be an actor and not yeah. just be a performer interesting yeah no I love that okay so you went to college for was your major theater musical, musical theater, theater? Yeah. okay cool mm -hmm. you graduated did mm -hmm. you go back home to where'd you go to school at mm -hmm. what state I went to school in New Jersey okay uh, Ryder University it was a new okay. musical theater program and while I was there I really loved it I since kind of started my podcast to sort of um, unpack a lot of what that program gave me. It was a really toxic experience. I've since kind of realized just a lot of the struggles that I'm facing now and the problems that I have started unpacking come from just growing up in musical theater, but especially being in a program that's like so rigorous and so at times abusive. It's just a very... Yeah no rules and it's just, it's just kind of harmful so looking back I have some stuff to work through but at the time I really loved it I learned a lot I had a great college experience in the moment and then I just moved straight to New York from school okay so you're just kind of what you're taught is yeah. the only path like yeah. you go to this, this program and you fail if you leave and you go anywhere else or you go to New York and you do it so I went to New York and I did it. But, Can I ask, at the time when you were in university and all of these, like, 
maybe traumatic things were going on or these things that you look back on now and you're like oh that was like so not okay at the time did you realize that it wasn't okay but you were just kind of in survival mode and like overlooked it or did you genuinely like just brush past it at the time both i think there's a mix of it i just talked about this on my last episode of my podcast and i was so nervous to talk about it because even now i still even though i know that we have to like end the stigma of being silent and not talking about inappropriate things that happen to us especially as women there's just so much fear around it because we see time and time again that we are blamed or or villainized or cast out of opportunities because of it like I just remember seeing Katherine Heigl on the Emmys the other night and someone was like oh where has she been and I was like well she stuck up for herself and Hollywood blacklisted her like so many other people and it just happens in any form I think in any crevice of entertainment but in school I just remember thinking in certain moments that oh I know this is wrong I know this is inappropriate but it's also just part of the business like from an early age I remember growing up with men who were inappropriate to me and inappropriate to friends or colleagues I would share dressing rooms with women who were in their 40s 50s 30s and I would hear things that they would say and it just was so normalized that it's just part of the business it's just something you have to accept we don't talk about it so I think I've always known it's wrong but it just happens so much and there's nothing we can do yeah so that's just kind of how it felt just a little bit what's the point yeah like you're almost just helpless in the sense of it yeah this happens but how do there's nothing I can do to fix it so yeah then there's plenty things that happened that in the moment I didn't even clock that's been a lot of it is things will come back to me I'm several years out of graduating now Mm -hmm. and things hit me so strangely and at such weird times and I have to stop and realize oh like that happened or someone will tell a story about something so horrific I'm like oh can you imagine and then I think why would that happen to me and I didn't even know that it happened to me or that that was wrong Mm -hmm. you know things like that just growing up and realizing like oh I wasn't treated well yeah I think that happens in musical theater, but I think that also happens in film acting too. So I like that you're saying it's part of the business. I moved to LA when I was 18. I did the whole- um, Good for you. Just diving right in. But I also had like some weird experiences that looking back on now, literally only within the last year did I realize how inappropriate this was. I did a sex scene when I was 18 years old with a 32 year old man, no intimacy coordinator, nothing like that. It was like filmed behind me, but like he ended up like taking off my shirt and like unsnapping my bra and like all of these things didn't end up touching me at all. But like looking back on it now and like we were making out and I was 18 and I look back on that now and I'm like, how inappropriate that's so there were like three people around i know i like, still don't know where that purpose? footage like, is why? yeah i know um there's just no like no regulations um i'm sorry yeah it's again it's like something i'm past now but it's just like yeah you look back on those things and you're like that was who allowed up. this to happen um i know and like you're not supposed to know any better you're 18 right. yeah you know you're trusting that someone has your back and when you learn that they don't then you just start to not really give yourself any respect either you're just like oh i'll go where i'm told to go i'll go where where i'm propelled to go because that's what i'm taught is going to get me ahead it's just to be easy be agreeable don't ask questions yeah especially as women yeah um that's something you've talked about on your podcast is like how you don't how it can sometimes feel like you don't want to look like a you know like a high maintenance actor like you're causing problems and so that can cause you to be silent 
Oh um, yeah, forever. I've only recently started being like, you know what? No. Yeah. I've got to say something. I've got to advocate for myself because no one else is going to advocate for me. I agree too. And I think like we do see it with the bigger named actors, like the Me Too movement and things like that. And like to know that it's going on at such high levels too is disgusting. But I also think it's important that we bring light to it at all aspects of the acting career and especially like at like a big like a more of a beginning stage and on the acting journey because it's still not okay at this level and I think it's easier to be hidden if it's amongst these men that are maybe not as well known yes, um, I, I think the strike weirdly gave this new idea to the masses of people who aren't in our business but they finally understood oh there are so many actors SAG actors or you know non-unionized actors out there who are not on television or movies that we right. watch like people yeah. who are just most of us actually are working yes yeah. i think people forget how many of us there's so many more people trying and doing the brunt work than there are people in the spotlight so and also some people's goal is not to be in the spotlight yeah. and i think that's something people people just think you only should be given these respects as far as the way you're treated or your pay or all of these different things that we're fighting for if you're like at the top of something but i think in any industry it's just like there's humanity and empathy to be had like we all deserve we all deserve the same thing it's gonna look different because of money and because of yeah. clout but everyone deserves safety protection yes, absolutely money yeah everyone it's so Healthcare. true yeah i know <laughs> um yeah i always say too as humans we're all more similar than we are different yeah and like life makes us think that like somebody can seem higher than somebody else or da, 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 but it's like no like money and clout don't mean anything at the end of the day we're all i know like literally the same we're all trying to fill the same desires we're all nobody's above or below you and like it's that's so that. true it's um, it's but we're in like the wrong industry almost to have because everyone here is just or at least the execs, the people at the top are just all here for money and power. Yeah. And then there are some of us here because we want to tell stories or we want right. to connect or to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I want money so I can do those things. Do, yes, exactly. That's like, I know that's always my big thing too. Is like, um, I know a desire for money for like creative endeavors. Yeah. Like F material things. Yeah. Um, or just like money so I can pay my rent enough to then like audition yeah, and be in like, like pursue what I love. Yeah. Um, I know when, when finances are something on your mind, it's hard to focus on other things. So like I always, um, and you probably feel the same way, but I always tell actors like if finances, if you're really, really in a deep spot with your finances don't worry about paying for acting classes don't even really worry about acting too much like take six months get a good job and like really get yourself off the ground and save money because once you're a little more comfortable you'll be able to come to your craft more fully you know? oh yeah I mean it's um, just yeah but it's hard and you move to a place like LA or New York and you just want to dive in of course but like you have to survive first yeah and you do for most of us that is actually something you have to put a lot of effort into and strategy into it if is. you didn't come here with like your parents money or whatever you know it's it's like you really have to try yeah you do absolutely um yeah oh that was that was a good little tangent we went on there oh, wasn't gosh. Even a good and a bad little tangent yeah but, <laughs> but it's good that i think we're talking about this and like you said the conversation's kind of happening it does feel like there's something transformative going on in the industry yeah something in the good. air for sure i think the conversation's opening i mean even like just talking about 
what women go through in any way helps. Like the Barbie yeah. movie helped so many yeah. different people in different categories of life or different jobs be like, do you see the list of things that we have to think about before we even get out the door? It's just, it's hard. Um, okay, can I ask you a little bit about just life in New York? I don't know much about being a New York actor I other than what New I see York. on like TikTok and yeah. stuff. So I'm curious, like, um, what is that like in comparison to LA? How are self tapes? How are the, what's a Broadway audition like? Just kind of what was your life like for the past, gosh, how many years were you there? Seven? Um, 2016 to 2023, so okay. yeah, seven. Mm -hmm. It's very different, um, and I love New York, and I do you think I'll go back at some point. To live? Yes. Okay. I, I could see that for sure, or to have a place there that I could live, like, half the time, you know, if I ever were to have enough success to afford that, which... You will. Thanks. It, it's, it's so different because there's like this different grind to New York and to musical theater as a whole. You can even feel it in the air when you're there, my friend. Like I'm telling you, even when I visit, I'm just like, whoa. It's just like this pop, like you hear like drums all the time. Yeah. You're just like, I've got to get somewhere and I've yeah. got to go now. It, I, so I moved right after school and I had a college boyfriend full, full time, like freshman to senior and he, oh was like the golden boy of our program and so he was the first person from our program to book a broadway show he booked it before we even stepped foot into new york so he booked the broadway revival in the saigon so when we moved in together we already had his income and knew he was going to be on broadway oh, and that's so you moved to new york with your boyfriend who was in a broadway show yes okay. and it was like a big broadway show so i got to like be on the outskirts of like that to start which i don't think is too normal for most people to like move to new york and just be around for sure broadway actors yeah. broadway theaters yeah. all the time it didn't serve me as an actor like i didn't get any connection that got me into a show in new york through him but i just got to learn so much and i got to see behind the scenes and see how miserable a lot of people were and how the lack of creativity was so shocking because I had just gone to a musical theater program where all I did was learn how to be creative. I mean, every class I took was a, a dance class, a an acting class, a singing class, yeah. and a million different subcategories of those and really honing my skills, my creativity, the roles I could play. And then you move to a city where there are ex-Broadway shows and all of them are just constantly looking to find someone who can fit something close to the exact version that it already was. So like I would audition for Dear Evan Hansen a lot and they just wanted me, me to be exactly like the girl who did it before instead of bringing me to it. And that was a hard thing for me to learn because I don't like that. I don't even yeah. like to do a take or a scene the same way twice. Like yeah. I just don't vibe that way. It's the fun of it. Exactly. Yeah. And then I learned it's just a business. And so it was really hard to kind of see someone that I was living with living my dream right away and seeing how miserable he was and how it just it it took away a lot of the the dream of it. Like I just saw it up close and was like and some people I think it's probably different and there are probably yeah. those lightning in a bottle shows that you especially new shows that you can get in there and you have the freedom to create it from the ground up and no one's done it before you so you have that moment but for the most part everything I was auditioning for existed previously so I was just 
I would you you have these auditions for music called a, a type and they just want to type you out and they just do a cut where you'll wait like from 5 a.m outside in a snowy street and then they'll finally let you in you'll get all ready it'll be three hours later and they have you come in and they just stand you in a line and then they just choose a few of you to stay and the rest of you go just based on what you look like and it was just stuff like that all the time that I was like this this has always been what I've wanted and I I love theater and I love performing and I love rehearsing and being in a show and like experiencing working with a crew and a cast but I just feel like I'm in an assembly line. I feel like I'm an object. I feel like I'm seeing yeah. so much corruption and it just was so disappointing. Yeah. So I then decided to start focusing on just being in the city and using what I had. So like finding a good voice teacher, taking classes mm -hmm. and auditioning for shows outside of New York. And that's what I love about New York is it's, you move to New York and any theater in the country that's reputable has their auditions in New York. So you can go and not just audition for a Broadway show, but you can go audition for like a production of uh, Greece that you, if you're really wanting to play Sandy in Greece, like you can find a theater that's doing that in Arizona and audition for it in New York. And if you get it, it's not as well paying as Broadway, but it's, you know, if you're a union or if you have someone negotiating for you, you can get a decent contract and then you can go for two months and have that experience and have that creative experience. And so that's what started happening was I booked shows outside of the city that were dream roles I wanted to play and I got to feel creative again and just yeah. feel like yeah this is a show that's been done before but because it's not Broadway it's just a theater that's here to put on a beautiful production I, I can go here and just have that and there might not be any clout with this theater no one might know what I'm doing or care but I learned like I feel like an actor again yeah. doing Anne Frank in Georgia than I did you know, doing a workshop of a musical in New York. Yeah, and that's what it's about, Molly, because that's how you know you love the craft of acting. Yeah, like, that's how you know you're not the, chasing yeah, something else. Yeah, it's not about all the, yeah. And of course, I'm still like, it's ingrained in me to want to do that and to want to succeed. Of and of course, people who do succeed then get so many more chances to have that creativity at the top. But for so, it's like we said, there are so many people in, in film who are just trying to create art and get cast in films there are so many people even on broadway who are just trying to do show to show to make their you know it's it's their skill set they just want to make ends meet but they're not feeling fulfilled creatively yeah and you want to enjoy your life too especially because like if you do get to that point you want to get to getting there realistically is going to take a lot of time so majority of your life of being an actor is the journey and you want to enjoy this journey and yeah you want to enjoy your everyday life but again so. like I was taught that it's not about that you know like yeah. I remember when I was at callbacks for college programs like big college programs I was really excited to go to someone would say what what is the you know how often what if something happens back home and I need to leave home they're like yeah if there's a death in the family or this happens yeah. or that like your your loyalty is to this program it's to this like you know, there was no empathy for life. There was no time. Someone, my friend was just on my podcast and was saying that she asked the school, like, or someone asked, you know, what about going to football games or whatever, having a college experience? And she said, you will not be stepping foot into any arena. You know, just people were telling me nothing matters more. The first show I ever did in New York, I was doing it for like multiple months and I couldn't leave to do it. 
and my grandma died and they didn't let me leave to go to her funeral and I was supposed to oh go my, my grandma's like one wish was for me to sing at her funeral and I was like I can't go and my family was like what do you mean you can't go and I was like they're not gonna let me go I can't leave this contract wow. and that's changed I think a little bit post pandemic but that's just normal like that's what I was okay. seeing I just saw that all the time that it wasn't about enjoying your life or having work-life balance yeah. or prioritizing your mental health. It was just the craft, but the craft was money. The craft was business. So they presented presented it to you and wrapped it up like, this is about your craft, but it's really about not letting them down because they have a job to do. And it just hinders everyone in the end. Yeah. If you have actors that are miserable being there, that are missing out on feeling fulfilled as people and feeling fulfilled as an artist, like, what's the point? Yeah. So, I mean, people have started to question it, including me, and the second I stopped trying to climb that ladder and just focused on auditioning for shows or doing shows that were fun and that or were still sad shows, but were fun for me to challenge myself and do, I was like, yeah, I love this. This is what I want to do forever. But yeah. it's it's the version I fell in love with as a kid, not the thing yeah. that I'm chasing in New York because my person's on Broadway, so I have to be on Broadway. Right, no, yeah. I don't. And like you said, that might have been your dream, but even when you saw it up close, it made you realize, see, but is this really the dream? Mm -hmm. No, the dream is that, that desire inside of you that you had as a little girl to enjoy your craft. Yeah, to just do that for the rest of your life. Doing now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. sometimes it's hard to remember that like I am living that dream because little yes. me, all she wanted was to be an actor and just to fill that creative need and work with other people and, and I'm doing that. And yeah. It's so easy to then compare ourselves. I just made a vision board yesterday for the new year and I have so many like, don't compare yourself to other people. Stop yeah. comparing your life quotes on there because I do that so much. Yeah. It's so easy to as actors to be like, gosh, it's like even somebody will compliment me and I'm like, I think of somebody who's like my age, who's like way more successful. And I think we all kind of do that. It's like you even, you had a TikTok that I loved where it was like, um, you were talking about imposter syndrome and you were like, you deserve that role you booked instead of that. Cause it's so true. Sometimes we'll book something and then like feel weird about it. Or like even somebody will ask me what I'm up to. And if I book something, I sometimes don't want to tell them. Cause I feel like weird that I booked. So I don't weird, know what it I, is. I think that's um, so real. Especially, I think, I think women feel that more than men do. I don't think my husband's an actor. I don't think he feels that ever. I think he's like, yeah, I worked hard. I deserve this. But we're like, no, no, no. I couldn't possibly. Did you watch the Emmys? I did. Did you see Niecy Nash's speech where she was like, I want to thank me. Yes. I was like, yeah. yeah. Thank yourself. As you should. You worked yeah. hard. Mm -hmm. And she's been so underappreciated and underutilized in the industry for so long. And like finally when she started being her authentic self, this, you know, all happened for her. Yeah. And like there's no one to thank but herself. Yeah. You know, like you don't need to thank, you know, anyone. I mean, you can and you should. Of course people help you but you can acknowledge yourself and your hard work and your talent because that's what's getting you here ultimately yeah. you know i like think i can like move up a little bit it's probably me go away <laughs> all good um okay so then let's transition from this new york how did you end up getting to la girl like what was that whole what kind of spurred that move i know you fell in love and that was part of it you want to chat with us a little bit about that too it was crazy i really that's how we it. met each other actually TikTok. the power of social media i love it i've met some really cool people just from like me socials. too the internet's where i met a lot of people speaking of it's where i met my husband so oh we actually met oh my god my jeans are like weirdly tight in the crotch specifically so sitting crisscross is ruining my life okay so my husband and i 
in 2022, we both took an acting class on Zoom. I had been taking with Margie Caper Studios out here, but I had been doing like the virtual classes and you have to get like invited in to do the weekend masterclass with Margie herself. And so the weekend I got invited in was the weekend he got invited in to do it. And it's like a few people and you do it for a whole weekend. And it, it's a little pricey. I was not going to do it. But then I just decided like, why not? I'm going to do it. I was dating someone at the time. And Broadway boy? Yeah. Mark? Yeah. He's a Broadway boy. And he, different Broadway boy, I oh, should okay. say. Um, the Broadway boy that I was with for a long time, actually. Well, this is important to the story. So I actually will say this. So the Broadway boy that I was with, who was in Miss Saigon, and Anastasia led me to a lot of opportunity, but it was a pretty toxic relationship and we were engaged and oh, wow. wedding fully planned um, at a random vineyard in Virginia, which was gonna be beautiful and paid for, but I went through a lot of self-discovery and realized, no, I need to call this off, so I did. And it kind of upended my whole life. And then during the pandemic, I reconnected with a friend who was like the total opposite of toxic he was just so sweet but we didn't really have that thing that i knew i needed to have in a partner but he was just like someone that i enjoyed dating for a while okay. and then we kind of hit this it's not a stride because it's we just hit a, a point where i was like a little over it but he was so sweet i was like what do i do so this is where we're at and i took this master class and chris who was my husband was in the class and i just remember like having a crush on him and being like, well, that's wrong because I have a boyfriend, but he's so cute and he was such a good actor. And so many of the musical theater men that I've dated have been bad actors and it's such an ick, such an ick. And so I was just like, oh, he's cute, but like he's in LA, everyone here is in LA. I'm in New York, like I have a boyfriend. Like it just, I didn't even think about it, but I was like, what if, you know, like what I would give. Mm -hmm. And we didn't even talk in the class, you know? Like, I just could see him all the time. Oh, okay. Like, we never interacted. Maybe every once in a while in the beginning of class, we would all kind of talk, and he and I would both, like, say, like, bantery things, which made it worse, but that was it. And then the the weekend ended, I was on the phone with my mom walking my dog afterward, telling her about it, and being like, oh my god, there was this guy who was so cute, thank god I'll never see him again. My phone buzzes, he emails me, and the whole theme of the class was fuck it that's what the teacher says you know just to say fuck it to everything um you know nothing matters as an actor like just don't be afraid to look stupid don't be so afraid true, yeah. and the email said fuck it and i opened it and he was like i know you're in LA, you're in new york and i'm in la but something is telling me that i need to get to know you more so i just had to reach out whatever something really cute i was like no and so i texted him he sent me his number and i was like this is so flattering you've no idea but i have a boyfriend and he was like, no problem. Cut to a few months later, um, we only follow each other on TikTok. He doesn't post on TikTok. Every once in a while, he'll send me like a funny acting video. That's all the connection we've had since then. When I'm finally breaking up with my boyfriend, I have him on my mind. And it's like the day after I break up with my boyfriend, I my phone buzzes in the middle of the night. I think it's gonna be my boyfriend who used to FaceTime me at night. And I was like, ugh, and I see it's, Chris FaceTiming me. We've never FaceTimed before. Oh. So I'm like, oh, this is a mistake. But I answer it. And he says, hi. Oh, it's so good to see you. Okay, so I just went on a date and it was horrible. And I just have to finally tell you, like, I'm not enjoying these dates because I'm just thinking about you. And I was like, this is so weird because I just broke up with my boyfriend. Like, I've been thinking about you. 
so we start talking all the time a month later he comes out to new york to visit me and it's just instant and it was just right right away we fell in love and the first thing we ever did as a couple was go to his sister's wedding he asked me to go uh with him to the dc area and he was ordaining the wedding and so i met all of his family or whatever and we roll up to the wedding venue and it's the wedding venue that i was getting married at to my ex the exact one in the middle of nowhere like neither of us are from that area like it's just this field out in Virginia and this beautiful vineyard and so I just remember having like I'm not a religious or spiritual person I never really have been but that was like the weirdest moment I've ever had of yeah, being like that is if there was ever an indication crazy. that like I'm in the right place with the right person yeah, and this is absolutely. what is for me like it's this because I was on a different path and would have ended up here miserable and now I'm with this beautiful loving man and his family at the exact same place oh my god i'm like gonna cry that's so precious it was crazy yeah. and yeah and then he lived out here we just kind of decided to pick a city and i had booked a movie right before i met him and filmed that and it was my first time on set and i like loved that Is experience that in texas yes okay yes which and how so, ironic can i ask like did you because you're from Texas. Was that just a weird irony? Or did you know, like, submitting for it? This is in Texas? Oh, okay. No, it's not at all. I There was nothing about Texas on the radar with that film. But when... I think I was going home for Christmas that year. It was the last time I actually spent Christmas in Texas. But I got my... I remember I got, like, a... I got a call that night. And the next day I was going to Texas for the holidays. And I also had... Uh, contract coming up in Texas and Dallas to do a show mm -hmm. and so I was doing that for Christmas going back to New York and then going back to Texas for a show and then I got the call that I booked that film and they were like by the way it's shooting in the Dallas area um, so we're gonna have to get you there and here's what it's gonna be pretty quick and I was like I'm about to be there already so <laughs> then I ended up just staying from Christmas and then I stayed and I had the option like for housing but I just stayed with my mom at my childhood yeah. house and got to uh, do a movie and then went right into a theater gig so I was just in Texas from like December wow. till May okay all of a sudden so that was weird had you left New York like did you move your stuff out or anything or no so no, you're still like yeah. hanging around in New York and stuff at the time yeah. sadly we yeah. About that. Yeah. yeah that that was always what was hard about those long stints was I was like but it was also nice to have like a home base there that's true too so yeah all all that stuff was just led me to LA because Chris was out here and then once I finally had an experience on set and was like okay this is yeah. what I've been dreaming of doing but now that I've actually done it and like it I can trust that I like it enough to go out there and pursue it yeah. more full-time so I moved in August yeah that's so wild and like everything in your life kind of led you to this moment even the fact that you were like getting icked out by like New York and theater and you were like over it and then you meet this man and you do your first movie that's so cool it, it does seem like everything is just so aligned for you which I love um I will say too on your TikTok I I, I hope this doesn't sound too silly but I just feel like you've had like a shift in your like aura of content too like Ooh. this past year it's just been so like I don't know, just so good. You guys should check out her TikTok, but Thanks. I feel like there was almost like a switch. I don't know. Like, it just seems like everything is so fresh and so creative, and you just seem like you're in such a good Aww. a good place. So I, I just want you to know that that's showing. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, the, the move showing. helped a lot. Like, just finally saying, like, 
there are no rules. Like, I can just do what I want. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm happy in this avenue. I can go further that way. And I think I am trying now to go more outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, I was always so scared to come out here and try this. Especially as I got older, I was like, I felt like my clock was ticking. I felt like I, like, my age is showing, like, I'm missing the window that I have to come in and, like, play a young person. And then if I'm not going to be a young person anymore, like, there's no room for me because no one wants to just, like, take a chance on someone who's older. Like, you want to come in and start getting experience when you're young. And then I was like, but I'm old now. And it's just, it's all just stuff I put in my own head. No, it's so true. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, so how do you, when you realize you're having these thoughts or these, like, stigmas, um, you even had a TikTok post where you talked about, like, things that 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 you were taught that are not true about acting like for example you have to be skinny or like carbs are dangerous always look your type mm-hmm. um that kind of post and you were even just talking about that as well so when you're having these like lies or these things come up how do you cope with them or how do you overcome them um i mean it's hard like i still really struggle with it i was actually talking to chris about this the other night because I've gotten really into like health and fitness and stuff since I've in the last year or so. That was one of my big goals. Everybody does that too. Yeah. Like as well, everybody here is like fit AF. Anyway. Well, it's true. I mean, that helps you for sure. You're like, oh, everyone's doing it. I think for a long time, my idea of health and fitness was unhealthy. It was skinny and looking a certain way. And now I've learned it's feeling a certain way. And, you know, I'm at a different place than I was even a few years ago with it, but the happiness I feel when I feel good is so different than the happiness, the fleeting moments of like happiness I felt when I thought I looked good. And looked good to who? Because I don't even think that looks good on me. Like I think I'm my most beautiful when I'm happy and satisfied and fulfilled. And that's not just to do with food or my body, but I just found what works for me. I feel very active, so I don't feel like I'm bad about my body because I don't feel like I'm sitting around all day. I feel like I've moved it in a way that I enjoy, but I'm not really looking at it from a lens that I used to, which is like, how does it present to other people? Yeah. I just feel good about it. Um, And like, I even said to him, like, because I now like lift weights and eat more, like my legs used to be tiny and now they're not tiny. And I know that I want that, like I'm pursuing that actively. Like I want to be more muscular. I want to eat more. I want those things. And when I see it on other people, I'm like, oh, that looks so attractive. Like you have such a gorgeous, you know, figure. Like I like that. But when I see it on me, I still have this mind F where I'm like, but I don't look skinny anymore. And I always thought I had to look skinny. So I think I just have to remember like, what do I actually want and like? Not what does anyone else think? Yeah. And also, like, what's going to... What What can I actually do that is going to be consistent? Like, the, the eating disorder that I had is not going to lead me to anything consistent. It's just this cycle that I could never get out of. And it's... The, the body that it could even give me is not even going to... It, it can't sustain that. And I can't sustain the mental exhaustion of that. Yeah. And then even now, like, when I feel like my most fit or I'm like, oh, my abs look good. Like, that's just now. Like, 
that might in three days I might not even be able to see my body like that so I can't do it for that like it has to be about how it feels yeah you know and some days I'm gonna look at myself and be like "Ooh, she looks snatched and other days I'm not and one cannot be better than the other yeah. so I think I just I just have to acknowledge what it is and how it feels and what it looks like and just say and that's okay but again like we have such ridiculous standards that we have to live up to that it's almost impossible to stop thinking of our bodies as some sort of currency because as women especially as actors like that's the first I mean especially in musicals I can't tell you how many auditions I had where they asked how much I weighed you know and it's like why would that even matter? Right. Why do you care? Yeah. Like, if I'm giving you what you need, why do you need to know these details about my body? Why yeah. So I just think trying to remove, ultimately, the importance of how you look versus how you feel, and it's hard, but yeah, it's a, it's a journey. No, I love that. And I love, too, what you said about just, like, being aware of those thoughts and, like, um, just noting them and noting that they're going to be there and then kind of... Yeah, we can't just undo like fighting with your yeah yeah and it's like you're you were you realized that thought of like how you were saying you saw this like muscular woman that you wanted to look like but then your old thoughts and you're kind of battling against them but you're aware of that which is good because if you weren't aware of them then maybe you would fall back into your old habits or whatever yeah. so you're actively fighting against them and I think that's really good advice if you do feel um you know thoughts like that coming in actively fight them be aware of those thoughts don't just let them linger like yeah, yeah and also like what I've started too is I used to comment on other people's bodies as well like you know trying to compliment someone you know yeah. I would say oh you look you look so you've lost weight or whatever yeah, you look your body looks but I I've stopped doing that for other people just because I've started to learn people don't want that I don't want that right and also it's in stopping that I'm also now trying to do this thing where even though I see the, the girl who's muscular and I start thinking about her body that's just happening I do that but I am trying to think about the thoughts that I'm actually thinking about her and most of them are just so much more general like she looks healthy that looks really healthy she looks I can tell she feels good about what she looks like and not like oh I like the way her shoulder like no I don't I'm not thinking about it that way so I'm trying also to apply that to me like I'm trying so hard now to talk about my body intentionally and it's so hard yeah instead of like oh I love that like I look like I have flat abs it's like no I love that I can hold a plank for three minutes because I'm strong yeah yeah yeah. and also I mean most of the thoughts I have about my body that that I say out loud or in my head are negative so I'm just trying to say the good ones like I instead of oh I hate my arms or I hate that part of my thighs like just if I see it I think it I, I know I notice that I'm thinking it but then like I'll literally like just change course and be like no but look at how I'm look how strong I look look that's more defined look I was able to lift more than I was or you know just sort of trying to change the way that I'm talking to myself yeah redirecting those thoughts I love that but girl you know it's hard it is I know easier said than done so much easier said than done it is a constant battle I know um All right, what are some ways that you take care of yourself, Molly? Mm. Some things you do. Well, I um, I do work out, which I love. Yeah. 
Also in 2024, I started taking bar class again. I really okay. like doing that too. Are you doing like pure bar or? It's the bar method okay. I'm trying. I used to do pure bar in New York. I just like those classes. I think it's like such a nice way to start the day. So I do that like four days a week now. And that's, okay. that's great. Yeah. Um, I have gotten back into reading, which okay. I think cures so much for me. Mm-hmm. Like fiction, nonfiction, fiction. fiction. Yes, I think there are some books out there that I'll enjoy reading again that are like self-help or yeah you know non-fiction but I just want to like escape and no, be for sure. in a whole other world yeah. that's why I like I love movies yeah so, you know doing that my that. husband and I do we go to the movies at least once a week so I think that's like a form of self-care honestly yes you have it? yeah oh yeah do you go once a month yeah you go once a month it's worth it oh yeah we go more than that at this point we because we want to see everything mm-hmm. this season too. so many good things by the way so many wait we should talk about that do you have a favorite well i'll i'll finish um uh yeah working out i guess reading i go on a lot of walks here because that's a beautiful thing about yeah. la and i have a dog so oh, she's like living her best life yeah. walking here compared Gosh, to new york uh-huh. and we used to live in hell's kitchen before we lived in brooklyn which i do miss brooklyn i loved living there hell's kitchen is like basically times square new york oh, okay. so to walk around with a dog there it's chaos it's disgusting there are people like peeing right by you i mean it's ridiculous so she's loving it yeah so i'm loving it and I feel like there's something else. Oh, I started making lists uh, this last year. Okay. Every day I have like a list, like a checklist. And for me, I personally feel like I can relax and unwind at the end of the day once I've checked everything off. Like it has done so much for me to just have everything laid out that I want to get done every day. I'm someone that if I don't make a list, I won't do anything. Yep. And if I don't do those things, like I beat myself up so badly. So I mean everything like brush teeth, make bed, shower, you know, drink water. Everything's on there. Not served me a lot, but movies. What a good year! I know. I feel spoiled. Poor thing, Saltburn. Yeah, all of them. <sighs> Saltburn. Just watched Saltburn. it. Did you? Mm-hmm. I. I have mixed feelings about. I do too. What are okay. your mixed feelings? I, so I thought, like, first watching it, I was like, oh my god, here we go again. That story of, like, the, I feel like you've just seen that so many times of, like, the quote-unquote weird kid getting obsessed with the jock. Like, I feel like, I can't think of any movies off the top of my head, but, like, that storyline was so familiar to me that I was like, mm. But I thought the way they did it was kind of, um different i just thought it was funny like it's just a weird film you just gotta there were just some things in there that i was like yeah the um you know the bathtub scene just stuff like that That where i'm like the hardest i don't get okay i don't really get uncomfortable by things but girl that like did something to me and then everybody's on tiktok like making these jokes about it like the jacob ellardy mocktail and i'm like i can't even laugh at that because it just oh so gross yeah it just does something i agree i mean i applaud them i loved promising young woman uh, her other oh, film. Oh, Carrie Mulligan's, yeah. Yeah, and um, same director, shows. same writer. Yeah. So, like, loved that. So I was yeah. excited for this. I definitely wish wish that... Here's the thing. Movies don't have to be saying something to be a good movie. Yeah. But I think they're trying to market it. Like, they're really saying something. And I'm like, you're not. So just own that it's a fun, weird, goofy, beautifully shot sexy confusing fun movie 
but there there isn't there's not this like big statement that we feel watching it and it's okay just yeah. own that yeah. but i think in post they're trying to be like well it really makes you think i'm like no i'm not right i'm just thinking about the movie which is good yeah but like promising young woman left me did you see that one yeah it left me like really thinking about how many men like that i know yeah. how many people just get away with it and what i thought yeah. and i know that this filmmaker is so intentional so there's probably so much that went over my head mm -hmm. um because the style was obviously so specific but in promising young woman i could i picked up on everything she was trying to give us i think like the use of casting all those supporting characters who were harmful in the end as she cast so many actors that we watch and just feel safe watching yeah. like all these like adam brody being the first one like we see adam brody and we're like oh adam brody like we trust him mm -hmm. schmidt from new girl molly shannon connie Britton, yeah. all these actors that notoriously play likable correct right side of the story characters and they all turn out to be problematic and i was like that's so ingenious to dupe us like that and everything she did real. yeah bill burnham yeah, yeah. and with this i was just kind of expecting so much of that and i was like it was very different yeah i i know i agree i did i do think i went into it with a different expectation than what i got yeah but definitely entertaining for sure kept me on my toes the whole time it just yeah i think maybe i had too high of an expectation for it, yeah it like setting a fire in my soul or something and it didn't yeah, but it was, it was still was entertaining. Very, like feminist, and I was expecting no, that. That's yeah. okay, but I felt like I could have waited for it to come out on streaming. Oh, you saw it in the theater? Yeah, I yeah. Don't think I needed to see it in the theater. Yeah, there's sometimes movies couch. that I'm like, oh, okay. There are some movies that I'm like, I need to see that. Like Poor Things, I'm glad I saw that. Me in the too. Theater. Oh, Maestro, that was so I'm glad good. I saw that in the theater. Oh, I didn't see that in the theater um, either, but it was good. But... Uh, yeah, I loved those. Did you see um, the holdovers? No, I didn't. Oh, I really loved the holdovers too. Also theater. Good. Yes. I saw that in the theater. Mm -hmm. It's. I think it's on Amazon now. What else did I see? I know there were so many, but now I'm like, mm. and the. I'm sure you've been maybe been watching them, but the like variety of actors on actors that are just now coming out. I know. I'm, I like, eat that. Dying. I, I eat that up. So yeah. good. So fun. Yeah. I love listening to them talk. Even um, gosh, what was it? Uh, the new, the musical one. The. The musical they read at the Steven Spielberg movie. Why am I forgetting? Oh, uh, what was that story? No. Oh, Color Purple. Yeah, the Color Purple. Yeah, I haven't that? seen it yet. Oh, no. okay. I, I'm girl. I know, right? I've seen Color Purple so many times. I'm I know. Like, well, there are certain ones that I'm. The ones that I knew I was gonna see were Poor Things. Um, gosh, what have I seen? Poor Things. Um, Holdovers, Maestro, Saltburn. What were the other ones? Dream Scenario? Did you see Dream Scenario? I didn't. That's really not what I've seen yet. Shoot, I'm blanking so much. But I know. The, the ones that have had some iffy reviews come out, I'm like, what? Do I want to see Color Purple in theaters? I don't know. I'm also, I'm also really tough with musicals because so rarely does a film adaptation like do a musical justice that I'm like... I was actually gonna go see Mean Girls and then the reviews came out. I haven't out. seen it yet. Yeah, and I was like, Ugh. I don't like the musical either. I saw that. Oh, for Mean Girls? Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a couple friends in that show in New York, so I had to like go oh, see okay. it, you know, when they were like on for a lead or something and 
I will say Renee Rapp has been smart though with her little um moving from Broadway into film and TV. She's so talented. She and, I hear she's and she's great. killing it with like I know even her interviews and stuff. Oh you know, God, like yeah. I know. I'm just but like I like her vibe. What I have been noticing, and I wonder if you feel this at all. So you were, I'm sure, aware of all the Rachel Zegler slander that was happening yes, earlier in the year, which yes. was, like, so appalling. Like, I'm not um, a stan or fan or not, I, like, I don't care. Yeah. But she's very talented, clearly, yeah. and she's a person, and she's a young person, yeah. and she's a woman of color, and I just found it so sad. And, like, yeah, some of the things she said was cringy. Like, I agree. Yeah. Like, girl's young, a little green, and... That's okay. Like, I'll see stuff that she'll do and be like, oh, why did she say that? But that's all I think. I'm just like, oh. right. And people were marinating on it's it. Like, and leave like, the girl. Yeah. This is like making compilations. Yeah, like I mean. know. She doesn't deserve that. And, yeah. and so, of course, then Hunger Games comes out and she does a beautiful job and everyone's yeah. so happy with her. And the, the narrative changed, which is probably great for her mental health. She's probably so happy people like her now. But I just can't help but notice she didn't even say anything that problematic. She just could be a little, oh, sometimes and then Renee who I love will say things that could be so much more obviously problematic she's owning it like she says all the ageist stuff like she, she just but people are so they're eating it out of the palm of her hand and I just think of course they're different but it is interesting to see yes. like the way we treat a young person of color who is just trying to be herself versus a white girl the way we treat her being herself you know it makes That's me wonder like so they're yeah. both musical girls who have these big fan bases. And they're like the same age. Mm -hmm. You're right. That they're is both very so talented and deserving of these moments. But it was just sad to see the way one. And it's. I'm not saying that people are you know inherently being racist or anything, and that that's where it's coming from. But it makes you wonder because no, she was just so crapped on. I know. Like yeah, you're right to the point where it genuinely was bullying. The things people were saying were so cruel. Like, come on. Um I watched her she did an actors on actors with the um I can't Hallie remember. Bailey. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. Right? Um She's the young one, right? She's also an air. She's yes, a little mermaid. mermaid. Okay, yeah, yeah, I watched theirs too. Um, yeah, super cute. And They're just so like cute. listening to her speak, I know the two of them, but she talked a little bit about that how she was like flamed and stuff, and I just yeah. yeah. For no reason. She's just, you know, like, I think some of the times that she was under fire is when the times that I think she was, like, trying probably too hard to, like, say the right thing instead of being herself. I so agree. Yeah, she would try to, like, um, gosh, there's even um, the Disney princess quote or whatever she said. I think she was just trying to, like... Yeah, I think she was trying to say the right thing and, like, look intelligent and be fiery, and I just think it came off wrong. Well, just, we're too quick <laughs> um, to cancel people and, like, yeah. like it's... We obviously want people who do literal wrong to be held accountable. Yeah. But there are people, and Rachel's not even someone who's done anything wrong. There are people who then do something wrong, and we don't need to cancel them either. We just want them to see it and change it. Yeah, absolutely. Own it and move on. If they haven't harmed anyone or done something worth, you know, like, criminalizing legitimately, we can't just keep putting people, like, making people afraid to live because yeah, the people so who are just true. making honest mistakes and are willing to learn and grow from them, like, won't because they'll be too scared. So there has to be, like, obviously we need to cancel Kevin Spacey. We need to cancel people <laughs> who have done some yeah. illegitimately yeah. bad Disgusting. things. Yeah. but Or legitimately bad things. But we don't need to cancel someone like Rachel Zegler right. for saying something about feminism that we all would have been saying five years ago. You know, like, what she was saying about women being powerful it's not even wrong it's just 
we're learning now that there are there's more space for that whereas five years ago we all would have been like yeah she needs to be powerful yeah like the things she was saying we would have agreed with as a yeah. collective society oh, of yeah. girl power so the the needle moves and if she's not with it 100 percent, that's not her fault yeah and she's young give her a minute right so that bothered me that's like another big thing that often bothers me is like i think she was 21 when those like crazy interviews were coming out and i'm like all the people crapping on her like let's talk about some of the things you said when you were 21 oh my like God, we I all would... you know yeah, we all give, say some questionable some grace things. let's yeah. have some empathy for each other everyone's doing our best and like yeah. if you're not a criminal yeah. like you deserve a second chance if you're not doing something that is black and white wrong and you're saying something maybe a little problematic let's let you know give you a chance to say oh thanks for telling me cool i won't say that again and be done with it it's so true yeah um yeah you never know what somebody's coming from or what's causing them to say that or you just don't no. know yeah and like no one deserves to be bullied no one no. deserves to be ridiculed for just yeah. existing in a way you don't right. like yeah it yeah. doesn't have to be your favorite actor or your favorite person to listen to talk that's fair but like she's a person right you know and Renee, I also, like, don't... I, I love everything Renee says. Yeah. I love her personality. I think she's so herself, too. Yeah. And I think herself is just more palatable to people sometimes. Yeah. And so they, they're into it. But, you know, she's also saying things that could be more offensive, and people are oh, loving absolutely. it. And that's fine. Yeah. They should love it, because she's not hurting anyone. But, like, you have to give the same grace to everybody, yeah. or you're just being... You're just being immature. Yeah. I know that is so interesting, though, how people perceive... Um, I know two very similar people very differently. It's interesting how we do that as human beings. It sure is. Um, okay, I want to um, just dabble, dabble back a little bit as we wrap up here. Um, since you are new to LA, what is something that has kind of surprised you the most about living here? And what's some advice you have maybe for other people who are thinking about moving to LA? such a good question these are all such good questions I think um I thought connecting with people here was going to be harder I thought that it was going to feel fake and don't get me wrong there have been moments where I'm like okay are you a real person I know me too people have asked me like oh, have you had work done? Are you going to get work done? I'm like, why are you hiding around my face? Like, that is so weird. You know, just it's it's normalized to almost like have a lack of social skills here, which is weird. Like, <laughs> so, what's not? I love that. And like New Yorkers, there's Facts. also a lack of social skills, but people just don't say anything. So it's like, okay. okay, maybe it'd be nice if you like acknowledge my presence, but at least you're not talking about like my wrinkles or my <laughs> lips, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. It's it, funny. Overall, I've had a lot of Every time I've done something creative out here, I've met people that I'm like, oh, you're like me. Like, there are so many more people out here who are in pursuit of creativity yeah. or collaboration than just money. And I think that's a something I didn't think I would find yeah. quickly. So I like that. More, There's more opportunity to collaborate. And I think, too, filmmaking is so much more accessible than I thought. Like people are just making shit all the yeah, time and yep. there's a place to to dive in. Whereas um, there's not a lot of just like theater happening, happening in New York or film happening in New York that you can just 
insert yourself into. You know, everyone here, like, every coffee shop I go to, I'm like, you're talking about a script, you're reading a script, you're writing a script, yeah. you have, like, everyone is here to do that, and so there are so many ways in once you put yourself out there or connect with people, and I think that's not known. You yeah. know, you think that there's these private offices and that you can never get in, but there's so many people I've met here that all of a sudden we've started making connections and, yeah. you know. That's a good point. I totally agree as well that everybody is, like, creating their own stuff and whatnot here. The gatekeeping happens amongst the bigger projects, but that's yeah. also just the nature of the industry. That right. You have to be in with the high agents and have the good um, reps and whatever. But you're right. As for, like, um, like smaller scale and indie films and things like that, there's so much. Yeah, and I'm just starting out. I've made one independent film, so I'm, like, I have no room to tip my nose up to anything. Like, I just want to be on set again and like get to know people no, so course. it's like yeah. I have no no standard yet I'm just you excited. You moved at a weird time too so that's amazing that you've already done one thing because Whoa. um I just saw an article come out and I was like yes I totally agree with that where it was like um SAG production looming very slowly post strike and I was like yes it does feel like things are yes I'm seeing things happen I've had a couple good auditions post strike but it I don't know why I thought in my head, like, bam, 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 the minute the strike was over, and it's been I know, a kind I of too. a, it's, it's been better, obviously, post-strike, but it's still, you know, yeah. a bit of a lull. But um, I was definitely, like, why did I, of course, I moved here during this, but the movie I made, I made well before the strike, so, and luckily it was such a small budget that we were able to promote it during yeah. the strike, so when the premiere happened, I was like, at least I get to talk about it, Yeah. And I don't have anything else on the horizon, like, good. this is still making its way are so. you in SAG no okay are you in the equity or whatever yes yes okay yeah yeah and I just got a new agent out here so hopefully you know finding my way into wanting to continue theater out here is also weird because I oh, okay I want to do that oh, you do. um and there's a lot of theater out here but like mm -hmm. it's feels almost like a foreign place to break in because I'm so comfortable with the scene in New York and I have no idea here so I feel so happy to have this new agent and hopefully that'll help with you know tv and film as well but yeah, i have just so slow with that that's true yeah i do always um i do a lot of casting director workshops and whatnot and they're always saying like do a play do a play because we always go to the plays like a lot of film people in la do watch those theater things one of my best friends got um a really good agent from a show he did where like, the agent came and saw it so yeah i, I mean this stuff. i also just think it's basically like acting class doing doing yeah, a play like it, it just yeah. feels it feels so playful like it's just it's a whole different beast but it's the same love that you have of being an actor and it's just kind of getting to use it in a different way I think mm -hmm. I think to theater I think is more welcoming to film actors than film is welcoming to theater actors yeah, so I, can see that. I don't know yeah I mean it's hard to break into something you're not in but my new agent was telling me about a lot of theater out here and yeah there's some good stuff happening out here so I mean I just want to even like see more you know take yeah. advantage of just going to theater again because yeah. feeds my soul yeah except the times where I see something bad and I'm like oh but then I'm like this feeds my soul because if you're in this then I can be in this yeah you know um, okay, I have one more question, then we'll do our Fast Frisky Five, which is a segment I always close out with. Cute! Um, but before that, if you could give any advice to younger Molly, what would you tell her? Maybe let's Aww. do, like, right when you move to New York and we're just diving into the scene. If you could give her any advice, what would it be? 
Maybe like don't give up on something you don't give up on the part of the dream that you think about every single day. Oh, I love that. You know, like the love that I have for being an actor, the thing that I love about it, I've never had a day I haven't thought about it. And there have been so many times I've almost given up on it. So I think just, just like, there's, there's no way to fail at something you just are not giving up on. Oh, I love that. You know? Yeah. So just don't give up. Yeah. There's no way to fail on something you're not giving up on. That's so good. I, that's so true in our industry too, because if you look around, the people that end up making you as actors, whatever that even means, different for everybody, but right. if you stick with it. You're doing it. Yeah. Like there's just no fail. other chance. It's so funny. You ever ever since I decided I want to be an actor, people, you know, there's sometimes like, what's your backup plan? Da, da, da. I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, there's nothing I love else that's going to so... bring me that happiness, so why yeah. would you give up on it? Right, yeah, so. Okay, are you ready for our class? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's five rapid-fire questions that require a lot of thought. Favorite quote? Oh, um, how wonderful it is that we need not wait a single moment before starting to improve the world. That's um, oh, a quote that. from Anne Frank's diary. Who she played when she was 18. Thank you, IMDb. 15, 18, oh. and 24. Okay, yeah, 24 too. Love it. It's pushing it. Hey girl. It's not about how old you are, especially not in LA, it's about how old you look. It's not, it's amazing what happens so, when you're short with a round face too. So sometimes I hate it, but. No, you could play high school, I think too, especially because we all know CW, CW high schoolers look like they're in their early 20s anyway. I anyways, just so. put CW on my vision board this year. Okay, so. queen. So, see, and everything is in alignment in Molly's life, and I just said that, so we'll see. We'll I don't see. know. You'll be to thank. I don't know. Um, I know you're new to LA, but one of my questions is what's something in LA you love that not a lot of people know about? But maybe for you, just something in LA that you love. Do you have a favorite coffee shop or a place you like to go? Mmm. Hmm. I would say <laughs> this isn't a place I love. This is just a thing that I have in LA okay. that I never thought I would love so much. It's a physical thing, but I use it to go places. Okay. I have a dog car seat, and it's like my oh. favorite possession that I have now because my dog loves it so much. We go on drives and walks every day. Okay. Just around our neighborhood, but. <laughs> I just love that little car seat. I love it. I never would have pictured myself uh, just driving around in a car yeah. with my dog strapped in, but we love it. What's your dog's name? Charlie. Charlie. I feel is Charlie a boy? She's actually a girl. Oh, Charlie's a girl. Okay. Mm -hmm. Charlie's a princess, isn't she? I could tell. She She's spoiled, is probably. So huh? Another thing at the Emmys was um, I forget his name. Um, he was the writer, director, showrunner of Beef. And okay. he won, and at the end he was like, I want to thank my, uh, like, I do every, everything I do is for my three dogs. I'm, like, waiting for that anti-aging pill. And I was like, the love I have for my dog, I can't even put it into words. Like, I love her so much. She is the best thing that ever happened to me. And the mental health benefits I have from having a dog and from just having a happy dog in LA, because I think Charlie was depressed in New York. Really? Yeah, because she didn't have nature. She, yeah. she just cooped up. And here we just spend so much time outside. It's beautiful weather. She loves riding the car. 
cousin the car seat. Yeah. So yeah, she's just happy and I'm happy and yeah. I I'm not on a children track. So um yeah. I think she's like filling that void that me at this age with all my friends like getting pregnant and being at that age of having kids, I'm like, I don't want that, but my maternal instinct is fully in gear. Yeah, no, I love that. I love her. It's a lot of work though and a lot of money to have a dog, so you gotta be ready. A lot of money. I can, yeah, that's part of the reason I don't have a dog, is I consider it, but when I start doing my research and stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm not ready for a dog. When yeah. I, and when I think about, like, traveling and stuff, yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. It's a commitment. I don't want to say that it's exactly like a child, but a little bit. Yeah, people get mad <laughs> a little when bit. I say that, but I'm like, she is my oh, child. Yeah, I'm like, and a I'm little bit. And I worry about her 24-7. Like, right now, every time I hear my phone buzzing, I'm like, it's probably the camera I have on her, and is she okay? Like, of course she's okay. She's sleeping on a couch, but... The motherly instinct. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is your favorite line in a movie, Molly? You have one that comes to mind. Oh. Yes. It's not a movie, it's a TV show. Okay. It'll pass in Fleabag. Did you ever see Fleabag? No. Oh my god, it's an incredible show. There's a line that if you've seen Fleabag, that hot priest says to Fleabag at the end, and he says, it'll pass. And she tells him that she loves him. And I think it's just like a, to say it'll pass, because yeah. it's just so true. Yeah. You know, it's it's, Everything it's cruel, does. but like beautiful. Like, he's like, I know you do, but you'll be okay. You'll get past it. Yeah. It'll pass. Beautiful. Beautifully mm-hmm. delivered line. Beautifully written line. Best TV show ever written, in my opinion. Yeah. I The reason I didn't watch it is I did a couple scenes from that in an acting class. So did I. Premiering. Okay. I try not to watch um, stuff that I'm... Like, if I'm doing those exact scenes, you know what I mean? 100%. Um, yeah. I think that's good, because you don't want to steal what they've done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I and also like that as a singer. Like, I was always yeah. told, don't listen to a song when you're learning the song, so you don't copy. Oh, yeah. It's, like, the easiest way to learn, so I'm like... Mm-hmm. With acting, though, I think it's more important yeah. not to steal. Molly's a great singer, by the way. And we talk oh. about musical theater. No, but even you're just, like, your little... Yeah, like, you're... Thanks. You have a video. It's, like, you and two other girls over Zoom like singing together oh, it's so beautiful it's, yeah it's really cute um, thank you thanks um okay pickles yay or nay yay okay love that's the right answer recent obsession of yours um, what i'm eating lately oh um like peanut noodles i've been eating a lot of peanut noodles, peanut noodles. like peanut sauce with noodles okay okay yeah, like oh, love. Yeah. peanut butter and noodles. Yeah. Really good. Love it. All right. Anything else you want to say to our Acting Like an Actor viewers? Oh, uh, Acting Like an Actor. That's such a cute name, by the way. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Just first, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we need to do this next week so you can be on mine. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say... The biggest thing that I like to tell actors now is, like, you are more important than any standard that's being put on you. So, like, I just think it's, especially for young actors, like, it's important to question things. It's important to ask questions. And if you don't feel safe or if you don't feel respected, if you don't feel right, like, find the people who can encourage you to listen to that and stay away from people who tell you to just shut your mouth and be agreeable i think the more of us that can move away and ask questions and challenge like the systems that are in place now the better chance we all have for like safe authentic 
creative spaces in the future. And trauma is weird, but it's important to find ways to open up the discussion so people can learn yeah. and people can grow. And yeah. I think it's good that people are just talking about their experiences, especially in this yeah. world, because they're relatable and a lot of it good, a lot of it bad, and a lot of it just the way it is. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Molly. All right, bye guys. Thank you. We'll see you next week.